Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 16. Rankings, starts, sits, and complete debate of each of the positions. You probably don't need to really debate who's like number one and number three in the rankings, but we are into the midst, the make sure you have to win week of fantasy football. So we're going to try to get it as right as possible. We pushed the show a day to make sure that we could record after the completion of the Tuesday games in case guys got hurt, which they did. Uh, we don't know the extent of which they got hurt yet, but after recording last Tuesday and everything going out of date within 45 minutes of show release, we figured, you know what? Let's just swap the days of the shows for this week only and see how we do. Remember to join the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Uh, only a thousand spots because of the holidays. It's filling up very quickly. That's down in the description. Sub to the newsletter as I'll have my injury tracker up there updated daily. So if you want to know who is in, who is out, who is expected to be in, who is expected to be out in real time, you can find that up there. You can just bookmark it, click back, or you can just sub to the newsletter. Uh, the, then you can just check back to the link over and over again before game time. There's notes and everything like that and there as well. The rankings will be down in the description and in that newsletter too. Remember to smash the like, sub to the channel. Let's get to Jake. It's a weird time of year because like if we talk about running back rankings, like I have James Robinson at six and you know Cordero Patterson at eight. You know who you're playing at running back at the top end. You're playing Jonathan Taylor. You know the running backs for sure that you're playing. It now just becomes, what do we do with these injured guys and their replacements? How good are they versus the rest of the field? So that's what I want to talk about in this version of the show. And I want to start with Ronald Jones. Leonard Fournette is not going to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Chris Godwin is out for the season. It looks like... Fournette and Mike Evans might be held out for the rest of the regular season, so don't count on having those guys at any point for your fantasy season. I have Ronald Jones at number nine, who was excellent when Leonard Fournette was not available to them a year ago with Tom Brady. Antonio Brown should be back this week. Gronk is still there. They signed Le'Veon Bell. Not really sweating Le'Veon Bell all that much. I do think that this is going to be Jones's backfield. This is a good matchup against the Panthers, and I'm going to be rolling with Ronald Jones if I was lucky enough to have him on my team or picked him up off waivers. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, you also buried the lead of my Star Wars ugly Christmas sweater. So I just want to point that out. I just, you know, we couldn't even talk about that to start. Can we? Can we get to that? Can we we, we can we can circle back. I want to talk about Ronald Jones. <laughs> So, well, I'm with you. So it's just the fact that one of these things is the lesson learned. Uh, we kept, you and I, I've done it in my articles. I've done it on my shows. I don't know how many times we've said, sat here and said, once the playoffs, once the trade deadlines, once, you know, most of the buys were done, the Ronald Jones, Devontae Booker, Samaje Pirons, they need to be off waivers for this very reason. There shouldn't be leagues out there that are chasing Ronald Jones for this very reason. And they are. And that's the lesson learned going forward. Even if you're in a 10-team league, drop... You know, I saw some guys out there, they say, you know, I have Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, yeah, well, can you ever really play both of them? No, like maybe that's a situation where I could see, but I guess there's just some situations where it's a tougher call depending on if you ever played both of them. I would have just dropped for the higher upside because this is a league-changing situation where you have them. And I say all that to say is, might even be too low. 
and I'm not going to say push him higher definitively. Uh, I think you can make a case to put him over Cordero Patterson. The Falcons are using him as a lead running back now, as in the fact he's getting first and second down carries, very little use in the passing game all of a sudden. Not that he was seeing a ton, but also they're lining him out wide a little bit more when they are putting him in the passing game, which means they've been fewer targets the past five, four or five games. He's been barely used in the passing game. And when they do use him in the running game, they're throwing him out on sweeps, and it's just... I don't understand the usage. The matchup makes it appealing, but his touches the past few weeks, like I said, they've been very much lead running back style, first and second down only. And then he's not even guaranteed to get the goal line work with Kadre Olsen. So I say all that to say, you say Ronald Jones, all right, I have him at nine. And I'm not saying you were saying it's a bold prediction or bold call. It's just, it honestly might be too low because it is the Buccaneers backfield. Do we worry that Keyshawn Vaughn or Bell plays any sort of role? Because obviously Gio Bernard is out for the season as well with no Leonard Fournette. Do you worry about those other guys taking a little bit of the workload or if Vaughn gets all of the passing game workload? Because so much of Fournette's value this year has been derived from the passing game work. I mean, it's the goal line work and the passing game work. That's how he's been scoring fantasy points and providing that floor every single week. If Ronald Jones is just the ball carrier, yes, he'd be very valuable because of the goal line touches that we expect him to get. But if he is a guy that gets one target in this game, then his value isn't quite as high if Keyshawn Vaughn is playing 30% sure. of the snaps. Sure. And Ronald Jones did have a two two targets in that game, but Leonard Fournette had, what, five, six, seven, somewhere. It was a decent number like he always gets. It wasn't obviously until late with that injury. But you look at it and say, of course, that's the concern. That's why it's not potentially Leonard. Like, this is was rest of season rankings, which is too late at this point. But I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't put Ronald Jones on where I like. I just wouldn't take out Leonard Fournette and put in Ronald Jones. This is a ranking scenario this week. It has to do with other matchups for other running backs. It has to do with other scenarios. Le'Veon Bell's signed off the street. I mean, I know he played earlier this year, but off the street, I know he has familiarity with Arians and the system and the team. I don't, I'm not worried about him. The Vaughn, that's more I would have concerned with is just the passing game work, but it wouldn't be. He's not going to siphon 40% of the touches. So maybe where you say Fournette gets anywhere between five and seven targets a week, Ronald Jones gets three or four. So where you have him is a fair spot. Uh, the floor is a little bit lower for them. If they, you know, Fournette, if he doesn't score the touchdown, that being Ronald Jones. But again, I, I still think he's in the RB1 conversation where you have. I think where you have him is a good spot. We could sit here and argue for 30 minutes about the guys right about him, but that's not going to help anybody. You're starting Ronald Jones if you happen to already have him. I, I think that's what people need to hear, is that if you picked him up and you have him, you're playing him. Unless you have, like... Yes. Like, I have David Montgomery at number four. Like, the, the top ten, if people need to know, it's Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, Austin Eckler, who is currently on the COVID list, but he could potentially come off. If Eckler doesn't play... I should wait, just hold off on that a sec. So Eckler, <laughs> Robinson, Najee Harris, Cordero Patterson, against Detroit, mind you, and then Ronald Jones right. and then Joe Mixon, who has an injury tag on himself as well. I think that Eckler... Obviously, if they're in the rankings, I think that these guys play. But let's say Eckler is out. Straight up, any Chargers running back, would you start them against Houston? Yeah, uh, mostly part of it, it's Houston. The other part is we did this dance last year. I said it in waiver columns for weeks on end. Like, everybody's, who's the next man up? I'm, like, I'm not chasing it. And this is one of those scenarios where I wasn't stashing. Until the past two weeks, I said, okay, maybe, you know, if Booker's already taken, P. Ryan's already taken, I'll stash Jackson just because he's been the first opportunities, although Kelly's been involved too. Last year, we did the dance with both of them, and it was one week, it was one guy, one week is the next guy. And the week later after that, it was Kalen Balaj. 
but it at least has been consistently Jackson first up. There was a lot of use for Kelly last week before he fumbled, which kind of goes to like, all right, it's probably Jackson. Would I put Jackson inside an RB1 conversation? Absolutely not. I'm looking down your list. Would he probably even be inside the top 20? Probably not. But yeah, I would think you would have to probably play him as an RB2, low-end RB2. And I don't think Kelly would be completely left out of the conversation. That's why I say I wouldn't have Jackson that high. And no. a lot of it has to do with the matchup against Houston. So it would be, if you're in a pinch, you start Jackson. Don't even worry about Kelly. Jackson would be in the Miles Sanders, Devonta Freeman, Devin Singletary, Jamal Williams conversation then. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, you know, I would play him over Jamal. Actually, would probably, probably be in your ranks right at 24 just because the Jamal Williams situation. I know he's paid and he was the timeshare piece already with DeAndre Swift, but I don't know if they, the Lions, they don't evaluate Craig Reynolds for next year. Not that Jamal, again, I, I mentioned the contract because they brought in Jamal Williams to be who Jamal Williams is, but he was already playing the 30%, 40% split of that. I don't know if they don't just bring him back and keep him there while they kind of see what they have for Craig Reynolds next year. And, hey, maybe we have our third running back to hold on to the roster, not as the lead, not to worry about DeAndre Swift. But you can't ignore what Reynolds has done the past two weeks where I'm saying, I don't know that Jamal Williams doesn't come back to at least a 50-50, if not the 40% side of that split. It wouldn't shock me if he's in the lead, but I'm not ranking him as high as you have him, basically. Okay, I have him at number 24 in the rankings right now. But listen, I'm willing to budge on some of this stuff. And I have Craig Reynolds at number 35. Just I feel like he takes a... I, he takes a little bit more of a backseat with Williams back. And I do think that yes. Williams will get a higher share of snaps than you know the other jabronis, whether it be Jamar Jefferson uh, or my guy Godwin got versus Craig. Craig <laughs> Reynolds did a lot of Reynolds workload last week. Igwe Bukwe. Ig- Igwe Bukwe, yes, <laughs> correct. I, I think we'll see more Jamal Williams and Igwe Bukwe in that situation. But we saw so much Craig Reynolds because they were winning that entire game. Like, they're, yes. yes, I realize that they beat the Cardinals last week. They're still massive underdogs to the Falcons even this week. So if you do think that's a competitive game, maybe Reynolds does see a, not an equivalent, but still a very high percentage of the workload in terms of being on the field and those translate into carry. Sure. But, but if they fall behind, I think we just see a ton of Jamal Williams. And that's, you know, when I ran the Sims, when you go to runthesims.com, only a hundred bucks from now till through the Super Bowl. by the way, if you want to run some simulations on games, you know, they come out as losers a lot of the time here. That's certainly fair. And I wouldn't, the funny thing is, is I'm looking at your rankings and for your rankings, I actually wouldn't put Craig Reynolds higher. I would just put Jamal Williams behind Chase Edmonds and stop right there. That's as far as I would knock him down. I would just knock him down four spots. So you would drop him down to number 28 between Edmonds and Mark Ingram because we have the two Rams guys down there because I don't have a clue what's going on with them. Uh, But that's not who I want to talk about at the moment. We'll get to them. (sighs) Joe Mixon is number 10. He has this ankle injury. It was encouraging to see them put Mixon back on the field and... Uh, Taylor talked about this. (laughs) No, they put him back on the field and then he got hurt, but they also put him back out in victory formation at the end of the game. And Taylor was just like, yeah, we wouldn't have done that if we thought this was serious. So that's why he's number 10 in the rankings. Feels like he's going to be fine. Let's say throughout the course of the week, that ankle gets worse. Now we have Samaj P. Ryan, like Evans, I think that he's going to play, but no word on that yet. If it's just P. Ryan and no Mixon, do I just straight up swap in P. Ryan at number 10 in the rankings? Where would he go? No. Uh, I would put P. Ryan behind at least one of the Denver running backs. 
Uh, actually, you know what? I put him right there with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and probably over Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who has been very touchdown reliant yes. uh, uh, since he's come back. So, I mean, you could even make a case that Edwards-Alaire should be behind some of the guys he's in front of. And again, kind of nitpicky in that range. But, well, but some, of that, so, thing, so, some of that was sort of a hedge against, I, I have some of the COVID guys on the Chiefs in the rankings, but there's a potential that they miss Kelsey or they miss Hill or they miss someone else. Right. And then you just see... Just more passing routes for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which is where I would expect those sure. to go out of the backfield. Just more usage in general. Sure. And But I was going to go back to Joe Mixon is, you know, it's the ankle, but the, he was holding his knee too. And I just, he's already got that little wrap bracy thing on it and was limping around. And I know what they said, and I know what Taylor said, but it's, look, coaches don't always tell us the truth. What? I, I'm not saying like he, <laughs> that, that, that he's like, Taylor didn't believe he was okay. I just don't know. I'm, Joe Mixon, because of the floor, I would put behind at least Gibson and maybe Josh Jacobs, just because of the floor. Because I think all those guys, I think Chubb, Gibson, Jacobs, and Mixon are all kind of in the same tier and conversation of running backs. So if it just comes down to trying to break the tie of those kind of guys, I'm going to knock out the person who's got the lowest floor. And that's that I'm legitimately concerned Mixon doesn't make it through this game. And he's also facing a very good run defense yes the secondary is trash they have nobody left but the one good thing baltimore still does is play well against the run so for me i would go those three before i risk joe mixon in my championship game and i would actually put in play even if mixon's playing i would put samaj p ryan in the play of a, like a naheem hines where if something happens to mixon i would play him as that boomer bust rb3 or 4 because maybe he gets 20 30 snaps not touches in case Mixon leaves in the second quarter. And you would expect him to be probably a bigger part of the passing game, which he has been, where Mixon's kind of seen a decrease in the amount of targets yes. that he's seeing week to week. The one other thing to look at with this in terms of upside, I'm just looking at Leone just posted his pass rate above expectation for the season since week 10, and then red zone rate of pass above expectation versus run. Uh, and the Bengals are actually, they're like neutral when it comes to just passing in general versus times that they should pass versus should run. But in the red zone, they tend to pass a lot versus run a lot. They're right. the sixth highest rate in football. The highest rated teams being the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Packers, the Rams, then the Bengals, then you have the Falcons. Falcons never convert any of those. The Bengals actually do. So when we think about the the touchdown upside. That's because Matt Ryan throws to anybody not named Kyle Pitts. That's why they never convert. I, I'm telling you, man, uh, it's tough for Kyle Pitts out there. It is. This is what happened to Julio Jones for years. Why does Matt Ryan look for all the like five ten guys he when get, he gets into the I, I, feel I don't like, understand. I, you know it. how some people like build their DraftKings lineups and they really galaxy brain everything? It's like, well, if everyone's using yes. this guy, I'll use this guy. But then I'll actually use this guy who like absolutely sucks. <laughs> and then like no one will have him. I feel like that's how Matt Ryan does his coverage breakdowns in the red zone as well, where he's just like, Oh, Kyle Pitts is wide open, but like, no, no, no. That's what they're expecting me to do. I'm going to throw to Zacchaeus, who's triple covered. Let me try that out. That and, I'll, is, and I'll throw it so high that it's going to hit like the fifth row behind the end zone. That is the best explanation for Matt Ryan's career I think I've ever heard. I, I think you've finally broken the code and fi figured out what's, what's up with Matt Ryan. Thank you. Yes, Galaxy Brain Matt Ryan is what we're 
dealing with in the Falcons offense. Hopefully they can turn that around this week because I think that he actually is a good DraftKings play this time around. So Chubb, I have at 11. Now, Chubb gets a boost because the offensive line should be almost in complete full health playing this week as they were not against the Raiders on Monday evening. But I don't know if Kareem Hunt is going to be back. Like, he was placed on the COVID list, yes, but he was going to miss that game anyway with his ankle or calf injury or whatever the hell he had. Like, he had a real injury, not just on top of being placed on a COVID list where he wasn't allowed to play. It was an ankle injury for Kareem Hunt. So I've left him out of the rankings. So this is a Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson ranking. So I'm good. Listen, you're playing Nick Chubb if there's no Kareem Hunt. You're probably playing Nick Chubb if there is Kareem Hunt. Where would Kareem Hunt factor into this mix should that be the case? Because we always envision him as being the guy that they throw passes to. And frankly, their receivers are terrible. So they might just line up Kareem Hunt at receiver (laughs) and throw to him. The, the funny thing is, is I would have expected more work, but I don't know if when he came back, the fact that he wasn't 100% and then got hurt again, just Kareem Hunt felt like not quite Kareem Hunt when he came back the first time. So I'm looking down your ranks and I got to think, I mean, I know it's crazy because we feel like Kareem Hunt finishes inside the top 25 every single week anyway, but I don't know if I get him inside the top 35. Like Deonta Foreman is the one that calls out to me is just low in general. Um, but like I would start down to Foreman and I, I, I would put Hunt ahead. It's funny that that's where I'm getting hung up is because I would play Hunt over Reynolds. I think Tevin Coleman against Jacksonville is a good play just because he is the lead when he's healthy and it's Jacksonville. So you expect the Jets to potentially get Coleman some goal line rushes. And then it's Tony Pollard and AJ Dillon. I think Tony Pollard, AJ Dillon feels like where Kareem Hunt should fall in general, but I feel better about Foreman and Coleman than I do hunt in his first game back if he plays. I guess my issue with Foreman this week, and I've been wrong on Foreman a lot um, over the past few weeks, it's just the Niners have a really good run defense, and the Niners yeah. are favored in this game, and I think that the Niners kind of steamroll the Titans here. Maybe I'm just off on that, but that's when I do my rankings, I try to project into, obviously, you have to consider range of outcomes, like being wrong, being right, what the higher end ceilings are for a lot of these things. But if the Niners jump out to a big lead here, do we really see that much of Foreman? Like, has he ingrained himself enough yeah. in this offense that yes, like, they didn't really because... get, but they didn't really get behind to Pittsburgh until very late in that game. They no, were up the entire time. No, no, no. I'm going back three weeks ago where they gave him 20, uh, 19, 19 or 20 carries against the, the, the Patriots, ugh, the Patriots game. So that's where I'm going back to is like they just ran that game. That entire team was running to the ground. And of course, they didn't have A.J. Brown. It sounds like A.J. Brown might come back. But still, my point being about the Titans is I think that's one of the ones where their offense is game script independent. They're just going to run no matter even if A.J. Brown's back. Uh, I think I said A.J. Green. A.J. Brown is back is they're just going to continue to run the ball. It's freaking Nagy. Like, look at the Bears offense. Like, they just run. And running is a huge part of their offense, no matter if they're up, down, or in between. So that's why. Uh, I don't disagree with you. It's worth noting that McNichols didn't play in that game. I don't think McNichols is enough of a factor to worry about Foreman getting at least 15 touches, and that's really what it comes down to. Okay, so I'll move up down to Foreman, who I had at number 36. Where do I move him up to? The Chase at Chase Edmonds <laughs> now watch him get. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, now watch him get eliminated from the game in the first quarter. <laughs> uh, Chase Edmonds or Donta Foreman? <sighs> I think we have to give Donta Foreman the respect at this point, but I'm uh, you can make that call because, again, I didn't disagree with you from the game script standpoint. 
All right, I will put him in just in between Chase Edmonds and Mark Ingram is where he will go in the rankings. I think that I am with you that I would have Kareem Hunt at like 32 or 33 with yeah. Col- Coleman, Pollard, A.J. Dillon. Uh, let's talk about the Rams guys. I have Sony Michelle at 30, Daryl Henderson at number 31. Uh, there was talk about there being a split in the Tuesday night game. Obviously, Henderson was activated off the COVID reserve list, and he had been dealing with a bit of a quad injury as well. Was that because... Did Henderson fall into the same trap as Miles Gaskin did this week, where maybe he he had passed his COVID test, but he just wasn't physically up to where he should have been? Then a week later, he's probably going to be fine. Because we'll have this conversation uh, for the Monday Nighter about the Dolphins' backfield as well, where, yeah, Duke Johnson right. had all the work last week. I think it goes back to Miles Gaskin. Probably not all back to Miles Gaskin, but Miles Gaskin will be the lead against the Saints because his conditioning will just be back. And there was rumors of that happening already with him and Salvin Ahmed. That's It got us off of Duke Johnson in the worst possible way. But in retrospect, it actually made a lot of sense. Do we envision the same thing from the Rams' backfield, or is this just now a split situation? Yeah, so I thought coming back, uh, I will say it, like the, just the performance and the player-wise, and I know Michelle looked good in two games in a row, but he actually looked really good in one game and okay, filling in, like almost replacement level in that second game. It was a very volume-dependent game, and I'm not saying he didn't have a good game. I'm just for the context of why I'm saying, like, if you told me Henderson versus Michelle talent-wise and what Henderson's proven to be in this team, it's Henderson. And I thought this could be a 50-50. I actually thought it would probably be more like 70-30 that Michelle would be involved, but Henderson would go right back to being the lead. And I say all that to say this is where I'm with you on this, Pat, the Gaskin situation too, is we didn't really get that word from Henderson that he was still feeling the effects of COVID. And that might be what it is. But I think in general, it's something to think about for week 16 or as well, like the Travis Kelsey. We don't know if Travis Kelsey got put on COVID because he's just has it or he's also symptomatic. I Hopefully we get clar- clarification because now I'm going with this. I think week 15 told us if they are symptomatic, we have to weight the risk a little bit that they're not 100%. They don't get 100% of their workload. I mean, go back to Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper was the obvious one, but we all knew that because he was unvaccinated and he even said he was feeling groggy and tired even after the second game he missed. So I think in general, if somebody is symptomatic and we do get word of that, I think we have to consider that they're probably not going to see their workload. And I agree with you on Gaskin, especially against the Saints, the pass catching option. I mean, that's the one thing we took out of that game is Gaskin actually ran, I think, one or two more routes than uh, Duke Johnson did, even though he was vastly outsnapped by Duke Johnson. So I don't know, and I don't think we'll know. I would say Sony Michelle over Henderson. But if it flipped back to Henderson being the guy, it wouldn't shock me. I I would say if you can avoid this situation, please do. But I don't know how many people are in week 16 and can avoid to bench a quality running back. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because the situation is actually really good if you could figure out who is the lead back. And the reason that I have them both where they are is that I don't know, much like yourself. But if I was in a position where I had to gamble on one of these guys versus... Craig Reynolds or Tony Pollard. Like, yeah, Daryl Henderson might give me one point, but he could also give me like 30 points in this matchup. That I think you have to weight the risk reward of that as well. That if all of a sudden you're you luck into it's oh, it's Daryl Henderson for 95% of the snaps, like you can score points on the Vikings. That's not a problem. Yeah. And I think that's what we're looking at here too, is the Vikings matchup. So, I mean, that could go a number of different ways. I mean, the Vikings could have one of their high octane outputs and be able to score on Ramsey in this defense somehow, and all of a sudden this is a shootout, 
and both of them do well, maybe even Henderson even does better, as you just mentioned, or this is a slow grinded out game, which leads towards Michelle. It's, I mean, so I think the way to look at it is kind of what you just set up and alluded to a little bit here is if you're looking for, I want to get my eight to 12, maybe 15 points because he gets a touchdown. It's Michelle. If I'm looking at my team and I say, I need that three or 30, it's Henderson. And that's how I would approach week 16. I'm guessing Elijah Mitchell's not going to play on Thursday. That is not confirmed as of yet, but let's just kind of roll with what we saw last week where Debo just scores rushing touchdowns, and that's what the Niners' offense is going to be. With Jeff Wilson, he who won someone a million dollars this week on DraftKings, I have him at number 21 for the Thursday night game. Does that seem like a fair spot with no Mitchell? I think it's a fair spot because he finally got the Mitchell workload in the first two games before that he wasn't, but they are not going away from Debo Samuel in the backfield and getting his six, seven, eight carries and always getting one touchdown involved there where it's like six and five games and five straight games are rushing touchdowns. So where you have Jeff, Jeff Wilson is a great spot. It's honestly a nice spot. The, the, the downside to Jeff Wilson being there and why I don't think you can push him much higher is because... Well, no, yeah, that that's a big part of it. I was going to say, this, the NFL has taught us anything this year is any given week is any given week. We always say any given Sunday. It's the cliche. The Jaguars earlier this year beat the Bills. If the Titans somehow get up and get up early and are winning this, your Jeff Wilson's going to get scripted out a bit because he's just not the pass. He's not a bad pass catcher. He's just not going to see that volume. You're going to get more of Debo, maybe even more of Debo again. And now Debo's all of a sudden Cordell Patterson in the now, backfield. I'm I, just saying like, I, I think that we saw when they want to throw to the running backs, it's use check city in, in the San Francisco backfield. And, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's other people, even, even hasty, even though he fumbled the kickoff or was it a punt, whichever one it was, but you know, there's other people involved and that's my point. That's the downside of Jeff Wilson, despite us not believing that like, the 49ers should win this game. The downside is that Wilson does have a low floor if things go sideways in this game. Antonio Gibson hurt his toe in the Tuesday evening game. And it's funny, that Washington game, I think, is a perfect yeah, example of what, of what you're talking about uh, with the Titans, where just all of a sudden Washington is up 10 nothing. It's like, what is going on in this stupid game? <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Gilbert Godfrey's throwing passes to people. And I'm like, I, I don't want to watch this anymore. It's making me sad. <laughs> then I left for an hour, and Jalen Hurts had like 30 fans. Well, don't forget, like, it, was hey, the, it's great. it was the interception that Goddard dropped and bounced off his foot and then up and like... That, is this that the epitome of week 15? Yeah, I'm glad week 15 doesn't exist anymore. We're on to week 16. I think Gibson's going to be fine, but you never know with these things. Uh, it would be Jared Patterson for me because I don't know if McKissick's even going to be back for this week. The fact that he's been held out this long because he had the concussion, and I guess he passed protocol, but then he hurt his neck in practice, like neck, head, yeah. that sounds like extended time being out. Not to say he won't play this weekend. I just wouldn't bet on it. No, I think he, I would say Jonathan Williams is going to get involved too, more so in the passing game if both of them are out, Gibson and McKissick. So, and they'll probably either bring up somebody from the practice squad or sign somebody else. So well, it's not just Patterson. When, and, Wendell and Smallwood was on COVID reserve for this game, so he should be eligible right. to come off by this game. So he, he should be. I think he would he fill was the McKissick role. What's that? I think so. He was vaccinated. I, that's the thing is like, a, they don't seem to like, it's these, these fringe roster players. They're just like, Oh, they got COVID and nobody reports whether or not they're vaccinated. <laughs> like, we're like, Hey, we kind of need to know this. So you're right. Yeah. If Smallwood's back a hundred percent. Yeah. He would be the third. And that's what activated off. Uh, did they throw him back on the practice squad though with the COVID? I, I, have, I have no idea, but yes, small, Smallwood. Yeah. You, you'd be shocked at how little I was tracking the Washington practice squad moves based on COVID reserve <laughs> list. Uh, I was just trying to no, figure but out. Like, I was just hey, trying, I was just trying to figure out who was on their defense uh, for the Tuesday night game. It's like who's actually playing here? <laughs> Nobody on this team 
would be worth starting at running back outside of a Hail Mary play? And honestly, against the Cowboys, I'd probably just risk Smallwood for the McKissick role. Yeah, you can run on Dallas. It just game script might not allow it, but you can run. Like, that's, that's how you beat Dallas why. is by running on them. I would play Patterson, not... I would play him around Mark Ingram and A.J. Dillon. Like, he'd be oh, in that I'd, Korean I'd, He'd mix. be even f- f- further down for me. Okay. I'd go even further. I have Damian Harris in the rankings at number 19. No word yet on if he's going to play. I would expect him to play, but hey, here we are. If he sits, are people, like, soured on Ramondre Stevenson now, or do you just go back to Stevenson against Buffalo? You go back to him because it is, that's a game script. That's hey, things went exactly sideways, just as actually very similar to the Washington game. Nobody expected the Patriots to be down that quickly and that fast. And then it turned into a Brandon Bolden game, which Brandon Bolden was going to be involved, but that was a Stevenson game. Like that should have been a close 24 20 type of game. And Stevenson should have been an RB1 range because he's also used somewhat in the passing game, but used in the passing game when they aren't playing catch up. So, yes, if there is no Damian Harris, Buffalo, yeah, I don't think I'd put like so. I had Stevenson as a fringe RB1. I made that mistake, not expecting that to happen in the game. I would say, knowing that's the downside of how much they'll turn to Bolden if things go down again. I would say he's probably around Saquon Barkley because of that and because Buffalo is a team that I think could get up very quickly, very early, and all of a sudden now you see Stevenson scripted out more. Any other running back situations you think are worth noting, or did we just kind of hit them all? I think we kind of hit them all. I can't believe we're actually trusting Singletary at this point. But when, uh, we're not tr- you know, we're not what- trusting Singletary. He's number twenty three in the rankings. But like I would I, I, I would, I would trust more than ever before. I would trust playing him more than I would trust playing Miles Sanders, who I'm convinced is like there's a part of his contract where he's just not allowed to score touchdowns. Well, he's also not allowed to. He's only allowed to do well when nobody wants to trust him. When everybody, when everybody's healthy and he goes off, yeah, you can run on the Giants too. That's the good thing about that. Uh, Michael Carter, you know, he was disappointing, but that's that's the. I was trying to think of the other one. Michael Carter first coming back, um, but you know, we talked about the Jacksonville. That's something to monitor as well. By the way, as we're doing the show, Salah just got put with symptoms on the COVID list. So we have to might watch the Jets for a potential outbreak now too. So what you're saying is I should just, I wanted to bet the Jags anyway, so I should go bet that now before that line completely crashes. Do you want to do Do you want to Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to list your top 10 wide receivers and like, let me talk while you do that? Well, there we go. Jacksonville plus two and a half. That's still on there. I will go bet that right now. I was, I was waiting to see if it would get to three, but if they're not going to have their coach, um, that's not going to be a great scene. Trevi week. It's, uh, I mean, it's, they might not have a lot of people, but I mean, does that really hurt the jets? Wouldn't it just make them the same? No, no, no. But I'm saying like, if you, if this trickled down and all of a sudden, you know, Carter's back on it or Tevin Coleman. And now all of a sudden Jameson Crowder is like, I just say like, they, they have talent that's the, but their talent is so low that do you really like, could you imagine if you're talking about the second string type, like what the Redskins? Well, Ooh, wow. Washington just rolled out for most of their team this week. No, I would agree with that. Nice catch, by the way. Doing better than Feinberg does with this stuff. Uh, if people do want to... I think that's like the first time in years I've done that. Well, I mean, we're still trying to condition Jeff out of saying that, Cust out of saying Oakland, uh, Cust out of saying St. Louis for some Oakland. reason. Yeah. he's uh, For the St. Louis Rams? Yes. It's like, Cust, wow. it's been half a decade now. I mean, you should really be over this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Nando still thought that the NHL could have ties. 
because we did a props thing for our Christmas party and he, he put it, will this game end in a tie? And I was like, you can't tie in hockey. You haven't been able to for years. Yeah, that's been like well over it. It's nice to see that Nando's keeping up to date <laughs> on the NHL. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your shirt, by the way. Oh, the Star Wars? It's just, it's an ugly Christmas sweater. It's just, it's the battle. It's just, it's Luke and... That's all it is. It's Luke and Darth Vader. It's just an ugly Christmas sweater. You're, That's all you're it is. Spoiling, Star Wars. You're, you're spoiling Star Wars for me. I didn't know that these these two uh, individuals <laughs> fought with their swords. <laughs> Do you want me to spoil Sp- Spider-Man for everybody? Go I, see that movie. I haven't seen it. It is yet. amazing. I'm waiting for my it kids to be off school. I'm going to take them to go see it. I think it's the best Marvel movie they ever made. Marvel? Really? Yes. Better. Than- Did you see all the other five Spider-Mans? I will say this, though. You no. miss... <laughs> I saw uh, I saw the I, miss... I saw the Tobey Maguire ones, then I was just too old to go see Andrew Garfield. I didn't care anymore. Uh, yeah, and yeah, you're gonna miss some. You're not gonna miss as much as if you if you saw the Tobey Maguire ones, so that's good. You're gonna miss some pieces from the Garfield ones, but not a ton. Yeah, you'd be surprised how little I care about Marvel movies that I need to get everything. Like, I... <laughs> not really part of my repertoire here. Like, I can just go and enjoy a movie. No, 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 no. It's not even like Easter eggs, though. There are like, there's like actual like plot, plot stuff. Like, will the movie not yeah. make sense if I haven't seen any of those movies? No, or it'll like, make, oh, it makes it 100%, it 100% makes sense, but you don't understand some of the character stuff behind Garfield and his villains. That's all. Okay. I'll be okay with that. I think I'll live. You'll be, you could go read a plot synopsis online. Eh, I don't feel like doing that. Let's go see the movie. It'll be fine. Between your photos, finances, devices, and connection, your world is more online than ever. You may have a security system in place for your real life, but what about your online life? Aura can sound the alarm if your digital presence is at risk. Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name. Aura is easy to set up. All plans come with $1 million in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds and experienced US-based customer support that's got your back. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com Mayo. Go to Aura.com Mayo to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Mayo. Um... <laughs> Wide receivers. Actually, no, I was going to say, if people uh, don't have, like, DK Sportsbook to go bet at, highly suggest you do the over-under prop fantasy plays on prize picks. That's available in way more states. Use code MMN when you make your deposit. You get a deposit match of up to $100. Uh, you can play in the MMN prize picks pool as well. Uh, you can still get in on it. Uh, you just make five picks on Saturday or Sunday. Between the two, uh, you can do it all Saturday, all Sunday, whatever you want to do, and make an entry for $7.11. That amount qualifies it for the Mayo Media Props pool. Uh, 
Uh, and not only do you win 10 times your money if you go five of five, you get a bonus $50 on top of it. So for $7.11, you win like 123 bucks. So it's a great 17 times multiplier. If you want to go check that out, prizepicks.com, code MMN. Sub to the newsletter as well. You can find all the hot links, cheat sheets, rankings, everything, up-to-date news, injury tracker, all that stuff in there. So I highly recommend it. Wide receivers, uh, I made these rankings before I read that A.J. Brown was likely to return on Thursday evening. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think it's very important for people that have been carrying A.J. Brown around. Like, do you just slot him back in and play him? Where would you put him in these rankings? Because we have no idea what his health status is, because now it kind of feels like with Julio out that they're rushing him back. Because I didn't think he would be back for another few weeks. Like, even when they activated him off of injured reserve last week, he was like, oh, yeah, he has no chance to play on Thursday. Now, all of a sudden, he's playing on Thursday. I don't know how I yeah, feel about I'm... that. Like, what is the risk tolerance that you would need to play him? And I, I wouldn't even consider him a wide receiver one, wide receiver two this week. You should have better options than that. But if you're in a situation where it's like Darnell Mooney or A.J. Brown... You know, oh, higher. N- n- you would go higher than that. Would you go DK Metcalf would... or AJ Brown? <sighs> the one I'm looking at, and maybe it's just because I don't even want to play him at this point. But it's Amari Cooper, and I know he's going against Washington, but he's been Is know, it... he's he's run. He's actually run into a couple weeks, like two or three shows ago, Pat. I said, for everybody that's been hanging on to Emmanuel Sanders or Cortland Sutton, they neither of them had done anything since week six. And I feel like if you look at Amari Cooper's box score. And look at him week in and week out. He has one good game sprinkled in there. And yes, he had the COVID situation, all that. Amari Cooper's just not Amari Cooper anymore. Like, it's just awful. And maybe it's just, maybe Amari Cooper just needs to move down because I think the DK Metcalf is an interesting one. He's also been scripted out just because, you know, to be honest with it, uh, scripted's probably not the best way. Teams are now bracking in him and teams. So it's, we've talked about to go back to something we talked about last year with DK Metcalf. So when he came out of college, everybody poo pooed and all the three, three cuddle, the three, three cone shuttle and all that, blah, blah, blah. Can't do this. Can't run routes over the middle and comebacks and blah, blah, blah. And Seattle said, fine, who the hell cares? We're still going to draft them. And we're going to let DK be DK. And that's why he was so damn good. The problem is now the NFL said, okay, well, we're going to force you to try and make DK something he's not, and we're going to bracket him. So he's not getting behind. He's not being able to use his strength. He's not being able to, So he needs to run a few more routes, but he hasn't developed that enough yet, and now that's why. And on top of it, Russell Wilson is declining play. So I set all that up to say I think the DK Metcalf versus A.J. Brown is an interesting conversation. So does that uh, mostly just, because it's, but, it, but does that just mean I have Amari Cooper too high? Should I just drop him? 13 yes. spots. Okay, so let's do that yes. first. Amari Cooper was number 22. I would play Kirk. I would play, yeah, you know what, now that looking at it, I would play Kirk as well. So I have Kirk at 27, one spot behind DK, Brashad Perriman is right there as well. Would you play Claypool or Amari? Uh, I would play Amari. Uh, Claypool's toe, he was, he's been out-snapped by Ray Ray McLeod for two straight weeks now. He, he needs a big play or he's off the board because of that toe. He's not even out there enough. Would you play Darnell Mooney or Amari Cooper? <sighs> I think I, that's a nice toss-up, uh, mostly because Seattle's pass defense is middle of the road, which means it's better than people assume it is, and it's so easy to run on them. And actually, the funny thing is, like, tight ends and over the middle of the field – is really where they're most vulnerable to the pass. So, Darnell Mooney doesn't set up as his profile really is a great play versus, I'm not benching Darnell Mooney, but where you attack Seattle, is actually Seattle, you know, a good conversation, a good comparison, are the Giants. 
similar to the Dolphins. You attack them with slot tight ends over the middle of the field, but also vulnerable to the run. And, and that's really where you hammer them, as we had just seen. I mean, look at what Cup and even in his brief time, Henderson and then Michelle, look what they did to him. That's where you attack them. So I think Mooney's the conversation you need to have. I think that's a good spot. So Ayuk, Cooper, Mooney is the way it would go? Mm, yeah. Okay, let's do that. So that would put AJ. So AJ Brown was sort of the comparison point for Amari Cooper. I don't know what just happened to my Amari Cooper stuff. And we'll take I, him. I think AJ Brown would be up with DK Metcalf for me, though. That's where I would have the conversation because it's a chest injury. So I think we need a kind of clarification. Like, is it going to limit his ability to like, like legitimately reach his arms up for catches? Like, is it going to hurt every single time he's doing this? Uh, you know, that's going to come into play if somebody gives him a shot in the chest after he catches the ball. Is it potentially knocking him out of the game? It's not something that's very, as, it's not as common as an ankle or a knee or a shoulder or anything like that. So have to see. We still have the rest of today to get another report on him and Thursday morning to watch. But I think the DK Metcalf, like that's where I would think, you know what? I know what A.J. Brown can do if he gets even seven targets, but I also know that he takes a bad hit in the first quarter and he's done for the game. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I moved up Christian Kirk one spot ahead of DK Metcalf, just because every time that Hopkins doesn't play, I just roll out Kirk and it works out. So he's going to be number 25 in the rankings, one spot behind Van Jefferson. It's going to go DK Metcalf at number 26, AJ Brown at number 27. That's sort of the hedge life that I feel like I'm going to live here with AJ Brown. That's certainly fair. The hedge life. I like that. And we'll go Thursday Night Football. We'll update these rankings so people can look at them on DKNation.com, and we'll be good to go. So other situations right now, like the overall rankings, like you know who you're going to play. I see you have C.D. Lamb highlighted on this Google Doc. Is he? That's just where you're... No, no, no. That's I was, just fixing, where your, I was, was fixing your numbers for you. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was Appreciate fixing your that. numbers for you. Anto yeah. <laughs> we expect Antonio Brown to play. I have him at number 11. Yep. Where Do you want to have the Mike Evans conversation? Evans isn't playing. You don't think so? No. They left the window open. They left the conversation okay, open it, for it. If Mike Evans plays, where would you rank him? Like, how would Mike Evans, like, do you have a problem? Let's say Mike Evans doesn't play. Let's have that conversation first. Antonio Brown okay. at number 11. Brashad Perriman, who did not play last week, was not active because of the COVID list, expected to be back this week. He's number 28 in the rankings. And then I have, where's Tyler Johnson? 54. At? Tyler Johnson is at 54. And then Scotty Miller is down somewhere irrelevant yeah uh, but those would be the two that i'd want to play if there was no mike evans it would be perriman it would be brown brown especially obviously now if evans plays how do you feel about like what's his risk of re-aggravation if he plays probably pretty high but at the same time i'm leaning more on the side of if they actually let him stay out there that they feel confident he's not going to aggravate the injury because they are thinking they just lost Godwin. They know what Mike Evans means to this team. They, you know, there's, it's funny. They're trying to balance, of course, thinking for the playoffs, but also still trying to get a good seed. Potentially it's still open to get the number one seed for the Buccaneers. So I think they're smart enough. I think Aaron's is smart enough that they know that Mike Evans has had a history of these kind of things. So if he's out there, I feel confident that they feel confident he's okay. So I would put Mike Evans at least inside the top 15, but Antonio Brown would be very close. It, it wouldn't be too dissimilar from just ranking Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Okay, so Evans plays, you play him. I think that's... You have to. That, that's what it boils down to. Like You want to go out with Mike Evans in your lineup, not going out with Jamison Crowder <laughs> in that spot instead kind of thing. 
Jerry Judy. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Judy. We th- like, these rankings assume Drew Locke is playing quarterback, by the way. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think it does for these receivers because he'll just up I know. It. it does. Act- it actually it actually does a little bit. A little but bit. But for smidge. all intents and purposes. Yeah, it, put it this way. For all intents and purposes, if you're week 16 still playing, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy do not matter for your team. Yeah, they, they're not on your team. So I have Waddle returning this week. Uh, for the Tua-led Dolphins on Monday night, and I have him at... Where the hell did I put That's here? why I brought up that point real quick while you're looking earlier. Is Number the, 18. That Waddle one. Waddle is... I wanted... Was was he feeling the effects? That's one I would be like... Of course, I'm not benching Jalen Waddle, similar to the fact that, you know what, I ride and die and died in a lot of spots with Daryl Henderson. I had a game last night, but I know nobody cares about our team's bad, but I was, like, I was up 25 with Daryl Henderson versus Cooper Cup. I did not advance, but I rode with Henderson just under, like, you kind of have to play Waddle, but maybe you have so much wide receiver depth, like Van Jefferson, safer play. Gage, uh, despite the fact sa- he's safer play kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Gage, safer play. Like, but, I think that's the, cons- like, that's what you have to think about now. Yeah. I, I think that rankings don't give that sort of decision making any sort of context because you kind of have to rank each player independently, not knowing who, yeah, like the safety level for Waddle is. Not super high at this point, but we know the upside is super high and how they probably want to attack the Saints with quick passes is going to be super high. So if he is fine, like if he was like all things go 100% and we knew that, I feel like I would have him higher in these rankings. So that's sort of the hedge down a little bit. But you're right. If you had Christian Kirk or Russell Gage or Van Jefferson or even Michael Pittman, one of those guys, as the decision between the two, I could see going the other way with it. I could, um, because that's yeah. the context of your team and what you need to do in order to advance. Can you afford to? Can you afford to roll the dice and potentially still take a one, or do you need those twelve points, like you said? And that's the decision that you're going to have to make. That's why all of these guys are kind of clustered. The other ones I wanted to talk about: Emmanuel Sanders did return to Bills practice. Cole Beasley is going to be out this week. Obviously, we know that he's not vaccinated, so all of a sudden he pops up on the <laughs> list. He's out for this week against the Patriots. Sanders yeah. could be back. And next week. He's out next week, too? Ten days. It's it's pushed up against it, isn't it? No, because that will be... Because he went on on... Two days? He he went on on Monday, I think. So it'll be Monday, Monday. Yeah, he'll be fine by, like, next Friday. Okay, I was thinking it was Tuesday. Okay, but any pace there... He's still going to be pushing it close. Sure. He should be fine for the weekend. uh, Next weekend. But Beasley's going to be out this week. Sanders may or may not play. I have no interest in Sanders because he has been horrible anyway. (sighs) But this really just kind of trickles down to Gabe Davis. I have Gabe Davis at number 38. Is that too low? Mm, Not if Emmanuel Sanders plays. Uh, I would say if Emmanuel Sanders... And again, I'm with you. I just mentioned the fact that I've been saying for weeks that Sanders and Sutton don't matter. But Sanders matters for volume and what it really comes down to is i would actually have gabriel davis where you have him so yes your answer is actually you do have him too low because you don't have Emmanuel sanders in there so emmanuel sanders is in there gabriel davis at like 38 that's fine for me no emmanuel sanders gabriel davis was already in front of him for a snap count and that's why i'm saying it you just only siphon off a little call me crazy it's a bad matchup so I understand that, but you would think that Jackson has been shadowing a lot this year and is going to spend a lot of his attention on Stefan Diggs. That being said, if I had the decision of Gabriel Davis versus Amari Cooper, I think you could get me to say Gabriel Davis at this point. So does that mean like we inserted Amari Cooper down at 30? Does that mean I should make him like 40? 
No, because we start, we already had the conversation of Cooper versus Mooney and Landry. Like now, see where Cooper, where you have him now, as you just said, is the rankings don't tell you without the conversation of the things you think about around those players. Amari Cooper's now in the conversation of understanding you get a three or a 20. Landry's a floor. Mooney's the same as a three or 20. Claypool's a three or 20. Beckham is. AJ Green's probably has a higher floor. Monterey St. Brown has a higher floor. So I think where that is, is a nice spot. I would just put Gabriel Davis over that entire conversation. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I have at number 37. Kendrick Bourne's on the COVID list. Aguilar might not play. Nikhil Harry is also injured. It could be a, a rough scene for these Patriots wide receiving core. Uh, it could definitely be, uh, as you mentioned with Bourne. I think Aguilar kind of steps into that same a Bourne situation. Is hey, you might get three for 60 and a touchdown, four for 70 and a touchdown. But he might not play is the thing. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. like you have that on top of it. I think Myers is a little bit in play, but it's not the best matchup. But Myers isn't somebody that worries too much about where he sets up for this matchup. So he could get a lot of those dinking. You know what? It might turn out to be though. And hell you start. No, I was going to say, you. well, yeah, Hunter Henry. I was going to say, this is why even Harris is back. You start Stevenson too. They might run the ball 40 times. Yeah. Did it last time. If they can. And I know that was, I know that was I know that was weather involved, but that also proves as you've had this conversation on your show with me this year, is that Buffalo's run defense is good outside of facing great running backs. And I know that was a because of the weather situation, but they just got destroyed in that game by the run game. I oh, I completely agree. Uh, I think that has if the Patriots can pull off that strategy again, they will most definitely try to do it. It's just I would expect the Bills' offense to look a lot better this time around than... Sure. In, yeah. I uh, 15 Jets now on the COVID list, by the way. <laughs> wow. Why did the Jets lead the league in, like, fake... Oh, Michael Carter's on there. Yeah, Michael Carter, the running back, is on there. I think Michael Carter, the cornerback like they have double michael carter they have a cornerback named lamar jackson like they just have confusing names like oh my it's god like, <laughs> <laughs> just, they, they, that's what they do in the draft now is they just look for other players and they're like oh look we've got uh, trey sermon defensive end like, yeah yeah they're that they're that guy in your fantasy league that uh, accidentally <laughs> traded for fake adrian peterson 12 years ago or was, or, or adrian peterson was the name i was or, yeah. or, or, uh, fake steven jackson was the best when steven jackson was like a top three fantasy pick we were doing auctions being like kansas city steven jackson and like the one guy's like 55 bucks like see ya have fun have thank you for your donation of 250 dollars this year that was fantastic <laughs> i'm trying to think wasn't there a wide receiver too it was the oh yeah it was the wrong mike thomas yeah, Mike Thomas. I mean, Before, there there was a time when Steve Smith and Steve Smith were actually both like, all right. Oh, yeah, the Steve Smith for the Giants. But yeah. yeah, wasn't it before? Because there was when Mike Thomas, the one that actually goes by Mike, came out from college, like some sites still had him listed as Michael. So it was the Michael Thomas versus Michael Thomas, which was fun, too. But yeah, that was, I forgot about the Steve Smiths, plural. Um, so if this is the situation that we're dealing with, and I don't know the extent of whether these guys are actually going to miss the game or not, because it says that uh, 15 jets. Out. Oh yeah. The rules are all over the place. So it said Adam Schefter has reported 15 jets out due to COVID-19. I don't mean that, that means they're out of practice or out for this week, but let's live. Actually, no, it's not Michael Carter, the running back. It's Michael Carter, the quarter, the cornerback. It's not the running back. So they listed it wrong because it's listed as Michael Carter, the running back on what I'm looking at. Say, there you go. The sites can't even get it right. <laughs> They're listing the wrong Michael Carter. I Now I want to like go, <laughs> to, go down and like hammer down on this. Let's see if we can figure out what's <laughs> up. 
Okay. I'm, I'm, there, I'm looking at RB one Adam Schefter. T- I'm looking at one Adam Schefter tweet that says Michael Carter, the running back, but then maybe I'm getting, it seems like that one has been deleted and changed to cornerback Michael Carter. Okay. So it looks like Either running way, back gonna, Michael Carter is okay for now. We're, yeah, we're going to definitely have to watch this. I mean, honestly, it was just what happened with the Washington team and Cleveland. I mean, this is going to, this could potentially snowball anyway. Keep up to date on that injury tracker. All I've got in right now is like questionable because we don't know. I got Lockett, Watkins, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Brashad Perriman, and AJ Brown and Antonio Brown as in. And I have Kendrick Bourne, Veldas, Scantling, Tyreek Hill, Marquise Goodwin, Adam Thielen, Rondell Moore, Nelson Aguilar, Kadarius Tony, all as questionable for the moment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I think the, the Lockett one comes back to that Waddle conversation too, is because. They said he wasn't feeling good enough to get cleared for the Tuesday game, and that might be something to think about too with Lockett for against Chicago, which their second unit secondary played pretty damn well, better than expected in that game. It's true. Uh, any more wide receiver conversations you want to have? I think we hit on everybody. I don't. The Giants said I don't want to start any of them. Hope, no. I mean, I can't imagine you. I mean, I was gonna say, well, Contarius Tony might clear no. and be no, okay. No, just don't play but, anyone. From the Giants, except for Barkley. <laughs> if it's right, Jake Fromm it. and Kadarius Tony, like they could, but I was gonna say Kadarius Tony, I would play Kadarius Tony over Kenny Galladay, who you have at 42, but I won't even play Kenny Galladay. Fair enough. Tight ends, you know who you're starting here. I have Henry at 11. Should I move him up? I, I put in Pat Fryermuth just oh, wait. in case he Hold plays. on, time out. Oh, Marquez Valdez Scantlin, COVID. You have him in just as you know, Alan Lazard would probably move up a little bit if Valdez Scantlin is out. If he's out, yes, but we don't know for I, sure. I just wanted, th- I know, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out for you. I know, I know, Valis, you had Valdez Scantling in. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, for you. I had him listed listed as questionable uh, in the okay because I don't okay. know whether he's not whether he's out or not. I actually prefer Lazard in this game anyway, um, in this matchup versus last week where I much preferred Valdez Scantling. And although he didn't catch like the deep deep pass, he did score the touchdown. So it just by osmosis worked out. Although the analysis <laughs> did not uh, actually the analysis that I provided led to the right result, although the analysis was wrong. So that's always fun when that works in your favor. Um, I have Darren Waller as out again. I mean, obviously, if he plays, you're playing him. But other than that, I have Hunter Henry at 11, Pat Fryermuth at number 10. But Fryermuth might not I mean, play. Because he, so, I mean, you would definitely just go Hunter Henry. But, I mean, you can make a case for Hunter Henry over Zach Ertz, maybe. I mean, but... Ertz is pretty Zach safe Ertz feels at the uh, is he though no but he feels like he is <laughs> so i was gonna say i think they're both in the similar conversation Ertz and henry I, you can't really push Ertz that or henry even that much higher honestly you're not going to push him in front of as disappointing as kyle pitts has been because only the one touchdown he's still putting up 50 60 yards and he gets detroit this week all right qbs this is another situation where you should be good with who you have at the moment. So I guess the rankings Maybe. don't really matter, <laughs> but uh, the top 10 is Mahomes, Herbert, even if some of these guys are on COVID, as long as Herbert doesn't have it, I like him against Houston, obviously. Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins. I have Lamar Jackson at number 11. I expect him to play, but like he wasn't all oh, that... There was a rep- Oh, what's that? There was a report yesterday saying that he might be out again this week. Yesterday, just yesterday. That yeah, that I, I just saw it, I, I just saw it pop up that uh, John Harbaugh said that he's day to day right now. I don't know what that means. Okay, but. 
it sounds like he's close. Who the hell knows at this point? But either yeah. way, it's an ankle injury. If his mobility is down, I like him enough against Cincinnati, I suppose. I'd probably want to go out on my on my sword with Lamar rather than like Dak at the moment, <laughs> who has been god awful. Um, or just, yeah, who has been. Or Justin Fields, who is a real roll of the dice. But I really like this matchup for him against Seattle. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that it really comes down to is if it's no Lamar Jackson, Ty- Tyler Huntley, but I would only put him one more spot. I put Huntley at 10 and I would play him over Kirk Cousins. But uh, Burrow against that secondary, yeah, I would play Joe Burrow. And then I've, I'm still playing Tom Brady, Josh Allen. And I know that Huntley was just the number one quarterback, but there's no way I'm playing Huntley over those top nine. I would put Huntley right at 10. And that's only because he's healthier than Lamar Jackson is. Yeah. And if you're just looking for like pure streamers, uh, I have Fields at 12, Matt Ryan at 14, and Davis Mills at 15. And that's actually a matchup I like in this spot too. Another team that passes well above expectation when they get inside the red zone. Davis and Mills has been admirable yeah. the past couple of weeks. He's been like two a light. Yeah, he just completes a people, ton of passes. People forget how quickly because the injuries and the transfers and stuff like that in college, he was supposed like, of course, nothing. A lot of these things don't ever happen in college. I mean, we just had Heisman candidates that are transferring in this off season and Rittler and stuff like that, a Rattler. Um, but Davis Mills was supposed to be the next Andrew Luck at Stanford. And that didn't happen, but I, like, he's not, uh, he's not, I'm trying he's not Kyle Loletta coming out of Richmond. Like he's got talent. Yeah, I think this is a nice matchup for him, too. A team that's going to post points against you, keep him passing, and no one is impressed with the Chargers' defense at any level. No Bosa, no, that, that probably defense. no Derwin James. There's a perfect example. Is I know this is completely sidebar, but why, you know, I'm planning for the playoffs, and they play, they face this team, this team, and this team, and this team. It's like, not just injuries. Teams change on a dime by themselves. That We were scared of the Chargers pass defense at the beginning of this year. And as you brought up a couple weeks into the season, it was because it was so easy to run on them that nobody ever threw against them. But at the same time, you can go back a couple of years, and within the same season, the Giants defense went from being just destroy them to, oh, my God, you don't want to face them. The same year that the Saints were, you don't want to face them. And then all of a sudden, it was just start everybody against the Saints. And I still remember that to this day because everybody that year was saying, don't draft Julio Jones in the second round because he gets the Saints twice at the end of the year. And things change. And it's funny because the Saints, now that they're full health again, have reverted back to that. Like, even in season, at the beginning of the year, you didn't want to play anyone against the Saints in the passing game. And then, like, all their guys got hurt midseason. Then you wanted to play everyone against right. the Saints. And now they've kind of, everyone's healthy again. Now you don't want to pe- play people against the Saints. <laughs> Reverse, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny how that, how that worked out. Defense, this could be the hinge for everyone right now, this week. Get defense right, you have a great chance of winning. Your fantasy, or at least advancing mm, to the fantasy finals. <laughs> We've been okay with defenses. Uh, I feel like I've been okay. I feel like it's funny because the rankings are tough, but I've been really good at picking out like the shitty defense that's going to like the $2,300 DraftKings defense. that's going to score like 13 points. I've been really good at that all year. Like I had the jets in a hundred percent of lineups last week at their cheap price. So, so, who, so who do you have this week? I think it's the Jags and jets again as the one that you really want to go to. Um, Falcons, I think, could be really good here at $2,600. Um, just at generating turnovers, creating short fields. They have to rely on their defense a little bit. The go- we didn't even talk about, like, the goof might not play in this game for Detroit. He's on the COVID list. He- but regar- yeah. regardless of who plays quarterback for Detroit, they're a pretty good defense to stream against. Other than that... I mean, I think the Jaguars are going to end up chalky if this happens with 
the COVID situation. Then I would go to the other side and go to the Jets. Like the Jets still bring a ton of pressure. The Texans against the Chargers, I actually don't. I think yeah. Like, we, I, 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 I don't. Have Trevor the... Trevor Lawrence has like one touchdown pass in like the past six games or something ridiculous. I, 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 I mean, I think, he hasn't I think, thrown. I, I, think it's, I think it's zero over the past six games. <laughs> I'm gonna look right now. But the problem is, like, this could be James Robinson, 48 carries for 723 yards because the Jets are terrible. And Reichel Armstead. Armstead is back. I, I would I wouldn't expect to see too much of Rekal Armstead in this game. Uh, no, I of but course like, not. The, the Texans yeah. are in a situation where it's a really bad matchup because you expect the Chargers to score a bunch. Like I don't have them ranked inside One, my two, top twenty three, because in my season four. long league, so, I, I wouldn't want to really go with the Texans because I think that you just have superior options. But when it comes to like DraftKings pricing and you need to save that money, the Texans have one of the better pass rushes in football. They're a top ten pressure defense. The Chargers throw a ton, so they're going to get ample opportunities. Herbert's not immune to bad decisions. Like, even if they get 20 to 30 posted or 28 to 35 posted against them, like, their sack rate should be pretty high. Their interception percentage should be pretty high, and that's just going to lead to a potential pick six, and their special teams are pretty good. We know the Chargers are very bad at special teams. So, yes. like, it's sort of that it's there's such a stark difference between, like, hey, who is my punt defense on DraftKings? Because, you know, in my season-long league, it's not like, oh, if I take the Texans' defense, I get to start Stefan Diggs. Like, you need to have right. guys on your team. So there's a risk-reward yeah, when it relative. comes to, like, filling yeah. out your DraftKings roster versus a defense in your season-long roster. Although maybe next year I'll start just doing that, being like, yeah, I like the Jets this week. They're my number five defense. We'll just <laughs> just plan that way. Yeah. <laughs> just rolling that way. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, one touchdown past seven games, zero, triple zeros on either side of it. The, the one is sandwiched in between. He's thrown seven touchdowns this week against the jets and of course do you know what it, you want to know what his yardage high has been since the basically since week six when he threw 319 against miami do you want to know what the yardage high is 213 238 it's not good under 162 well 162 or fewer four times yeah, <laughs> this is gross great. it's not great so the it's rankings not, go yeah. cowboys niners <laughs> eagles bucks saints top five Packers, Colts, Chargers, Rams, Dolphins. That's the rest of the top 10. Then it's Falcons, Cardinals, Pats, Jags, Jets, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, Bengals. We'll throw the Texans in at number 20 just, just to be to be fun with it. Um, are there any is, nice. there, is there anyone too low on this list that you really would advocate to go out of your way to play? <laughs> no, no. Actually, the two that I looked for you have inside your top five. So there you go. Saints and Eagles? Oh, no, 49ers and Eagles. So there you go. Yeah. The Saints, I don't know if a lot of people have, like, the Saints would have been like a waiver wire defense this week because I think a lot of people would have dropped them to not play them against Tampa Bay. So there's the potential that they're still out there. That they're sitting out there? Yeah. Sure. So they would be like the pickup one that, or if, I mean, I assume the 49ers are picked up at this point because everyone's just been talking about that defense as the pickup <laughs> defense for the playoffs because they just have soft schedule. And the Eagles. Yeah. They yeah. always should have paid attention to the Eagles too. Agreed. And they have an excellent pass rush, which, again, generates pressure, which leads to turnovers, which leads to fantasy points. And that's the way it's going to be. My rankings are up on DKNation.com. When are your rankings coming out? Depending on when you're listening in your area, it might be. Uh, so it's, it's Wednesday afternoon. I, legitimately, when we're done with this, that's the, one of the things I'm about to do, do another podcast that's coming out this afternoon because I had to wait for some data feeds to update, which is where some of the projections come from. So that's why. For everybody that wants to rage out about my Christmas rankings to start my article this week, I still had sleepers in there for you guys to you know have fun with. And apparently that wasn't good enough for some people, Pat. Just so ne you know. It's never good enough for anyone, Jake. 
ever. <laughs> we not. got we got one more round of rankings to do. Jake and I will not leave you stranded during your fantasy championship. Week 18, you're on your fucking own. Like, that's your goddamn problem. Because <laughs> I am out of here for week 18 as it pertains to season-long fantasy football. We'll talk about betting. We'll talk about DFS. But, yeah, no thanks. Talking about week 18 rankings. That's not happening. But I will have Jake back on for week 17. I'll have the master list out for that as well, too. So one more go around, Jake, for 2021. I, I like it. it is, it's almost, it, I want to end on a good note. It's just, this has been a miserable final two weeks for everybody. Well, hopefully this week isn't so bad. Hopefully we just have the information in front of hopefully. us. And now we know, like, even if there are a bunch of people out, we know exactly who is in and who is out, what their status is going to be. Because that was the most confusing part of last week. Yes, there were a ton of names that got put on the reserve list, but like, I didn't know whether Lockett was going to play on Tuesday night or not. Like, I had legit no idea until right before game time. <laughs> Yeah. I will. That's the thing, though, is now we have to deal with what I said earlier, though, is sure, they might play, but are they 100%? True. That I'm okay with, I think. Other Michael Carter, okay. Silla, 13 Jets on COVID list. So, yeah, they Schefter tweeted it out wrong the first time, corrected himself. So, dodged a bullet so, so there far. Goes. Schefter's my, fault. Yeah. Blame Adam <laughs> Schefter, who follows me on Twitter, by the way. What? He follows you? Yeah. He's, I, uh, I exchanged messages with him once. He's in like a, a big golf one and done. He just hit me up for some advice. <laughs> oh, that's why he needed advice. It's, so, it's, yeah, it's, this... it's a golf thing. It's, it has nothing to do with my content it's or a... football. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, he's never followed me. I have two people on my, like it's him and Rosenthal have never followed me. And I work at the same company as Rosenthal. So you that should, should, you should bully him via Slack until he follows you. No, I actually think they realized when it comes to baseball, I'm a lot like you. Like I do my projections, and you know that's like, and then I tell you what I think, and it's not as deep as base as football because they initially said, "Hey, we're gonna have you on MLB Network. We're gonna put you in contact with Rosenthal." Blah blah blah. blah. And then like two days later, it was like, "Yeah, oh, never mind." And then I never heard from them again. <laughs> Interesting. All right. You can find... They probably saw my baseball content. <laughs> like, yeah, screw this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about him. Uh, Jake, <laughs> at Kid on Twitter, theathletic.com is where you can find all of his work. Bets. Bets TV on YouTube as well for the All In podcast with Jeff Radcliffe, the most accurate rankings show that there is. It's like this show, but with Jeff Radcliffe in my spot, who's actually good at this. <laughs> unlike me you can subscribe to the pat mayo yep. experience on youtube and on apple Podcasts, on spotify rankings up on dk nation all the information is both going to be in the newsletter and down in the description of this episode so i highly recommend that you do it good luck in your fantasy playoffs smash the like on the way out i'll see you next time pat mayo experience experience